Ready to turn off. Course correcting. Hold on. Where are you taking us? You never said anything about off-roading. We're not glamping here, dude. I told you. This place is off-grid. Here we are. Exactly as I left it. Paradise. Folks used to bring me out here when I was a kid. Got some serious deja vu. Come on, we're drinking like it's high school. Found my dad's beer. What are those two jackpots, Dad? Playing rock, paper, scissors for flamingos. <laughs> At 9 a.m. before a hike. Smart. Kill. Make sure everybody comes back alive. You're the only responsible one. Am I? <laughs> the four stooges together again? What could go wrong? Something's wrong. This rock is vibrating. Can you get mushroom flashbacks the next day? There's a bear outside. Yeah, right. You're listening to CGSR 88.5. I'm Lucas Anders, your correspondent for Moving Radio. Jason William Lee is the director, writer, and producer of Lost Lake Confessions. He'll be in attendance for the Edmonton International Film Festival. He'll be around for a Q&A following the screening on Sunday, September 24th at 6.30 p.m. at the Mutart Theatre in the Stanley Milner Library. Welcome to Moving Radio, Jason. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Lucas. It's great to have you on the show. I always like to gain perspective from a director on their vision. So from your perspective, what do you believe your film is about? It's definitely inspired by some true event that happened in my own life. So that was kind of the catalyst of the original idea. But like any film that says it's inspired by true events, there's a lot of truth in there. There's some embellishment and then there's some pure fabrication. So I just wanted to do something almost as an homage to my friends that I grew up with, which is kind of ironic and apropos that we're having our premiere in Edmonton because it is about old friends and a reunion of sorts. And that's exactly what's happening at the festival. My closest and dearest friends from the past are all going to be there. A lot of family. I'm pretty excited to have it happen at Edmonton. It was kind of just by accident that that was the first festival on the run festival run that we're doing this year and i obviously accepted immediately because that was where i think it should have been for sure we need to dive into that a bit so you have roots here in edmonton i was actually born and raised in edmonton and i moved out to vancouver to get into film in 2000 so yeah all my best friends are still mostly living in edmonton i got tons of family back there so it's just amazing that we get to have our premiere where I was born and raised. And yeah, it's kind of kismet or apropos. It's incredible. I think that for someone like yourself, that must be really cool to be able to connect with family and show something that you've created that almost connects in a way because this is about friends going out to the wilderness and connection, right? So that's exciting. Yeah, it's like, it's totally exciting, very nerve wracking because this will be the first time I've had screenings before, but my last two movies were horror movies. So there's a little less expectation, especially when you have a little bit of the true story angle. So it's a little bit nerve wracking and I'm always nervous to show people my work regardless. And especially if it's going to be in front of a hundred of your best friends or old friends and high school friends and all that. So yeah, it's going to be exciting and anxious and all the good stuff. I don't know if you want to tap too far into it, but I, I was interested in that true story angle. Is there anything you'd like to share around how that came to be? Yeah, I can. I guess it's, it's kind of spoilers, but it's not particularly because on the Edmonton 
website is kind of explains the whole story. But basically, like I said, I did two horror movies before. And the second one that I did was in 2018. It was called Funhouse. And on the last day of shooting, I was actually doing motion capture. We have a 3D avatar in the movie and I wanted to save some money. So I just did the motion capture because, you know, I've done a lot of acting and stuff as well in the past. So figured might as well use myself. So I was all suited up and ready to go with all the motion capture sensors and the suit and all that. And I got a phone call and it was my doctor. And I had just previously had a biopsy a couple of weeks earlier for something on my mouth actually, and told myself, don't answer this. Cause I didn't want to know either way. Cause I was going to jump into this motion capture for the next eight hours. And I didn't want to, but then my brain is like, oh, I have to find out. Surprisingly, he like told me over the phone. He's like, oh, funny thing. Your biopsy came back, even though I've been telling him for months that I thought it was cancer. He's like, yeah, it turns out it is cancer. I'm like, oh crap. And I like, <laughs> I basically said, oh shoot, I wish I didn't pick up this call. But anyways, I just finished the call in the haze and then did the motion capture for the next eight hours. And then I didn't know at this point how serious it was or what the deal was. So I was a little, not a little, a lot scared. And turns out I got it early, so everything's okay now. This is back in 2018, but obviously, regardless of how serious, it could have been serious if I didn't get it early. It still definitely changed my life and how I view things. And you have those moments where holy, those existential <laughs> moments of what it's all about and why you're here. So after that happened, I continued with my film and we released right at the beginning of COVID, April, 2020. So basically it ruined any chance my last movie of like getting a theatrical run or anything like that. And our distributor went belly up during COVID and the movie just got lost in the shuffle. So it's still out there. It's not released in Canada yet. It's going to be released this year, but long story short, during COVID, I got this idea for this film. And it's basically about a guy who gets the news that he's got some health issue, cancer. And so he invites his three childhood best friends on a camping trip to the lake where he used to go as a child with his parents. And he plans on not telling them anything about what happened to him. He just wants to have a good time like they used to in the past, but they know him well enough to see that something's up. So they get it out of him. And then it kind of in him when he tells his story and what's happening to him and where he's been, because he took off and made films kind of like me and then came back from LA. I never moved to LA. I moved to Vancouver, but kind of similar ideas. His cancer is more serious in the movie, but in revealing his diagnosis, his friends come out of their own shells and reveal some of the stuff that's happening in their own lives over the last 20 years. And two of them are married with kids. One of them is very happily married, but he's got some issues with some other <laughs> financial stuff. And then the other one's on the rocks with a marriage. And then some, the other one's kind of a single guy navigating the world of being single in his mid thirties. It's kind of about old friends and how everybody's going through something. They always say, you never know somebody's stories. My thing is kindness to everybody because you never know what somebody's going through and everybody's got something, right? So that's what it's about. But I wanted to have kind of like a dramedy. So there's a lot of comedy and then it interweaves down these more serious paths with more serious subject matter. But in the end, it's about old friends and that connection for sure. Going back to this idea around people having those conversations and revealing those deeper truths about ourselves. Why do you think it's so hard for humans to do that, for us to just reveal who we are truthfully. Because I think you do tap into that a bit. I think a lot of people, like the majority of us, are insecure and frightened in a way about revealing vulnerability for a number of reasons. It could be embarrassment. It could be feeling weak. 
It could be avoidance, all of these things, these human emotions that we all have. I think one of the hardest things in life is to be completely vulnerable and open because you're afraid what others might think of you. And I think I've had this with my own friends and a lot of the truth in here. I held stuff in for years, decades, and I'm talking to my friends. Eventually you talk to them and in the end, you always worry, at least I did, about a lot of things. And it's like, no, everybody goes through their struggles, whether it's mental health, this, that, and the other. And I think people, once you open up and talk about it, as cliche as it sounds, it makes it a lot easier. Nine times out of 10 or 99 out of 100, your friends will completely understand. And then they'll reveal something about themselves. It's happened to me countless times in my life. Those wee hours where you're having drinks with your friends or whatever, by the fire, camp. And those are the true real moments. And I've had them. And I know countless people have had those moments. And I think hopefully this movie will relate to people in that way because it is so universal in its message. And we are who we are. People are people. There's no right or wrong. There's no better or worse. We're just people, right? You're listening to Moving Radio on CGSR 88.5. Jason Willie Lee is with us. He's the director, writer, and producer of Lost Lake Confessions. We're talking about his feature film, which will be screening as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival screening on Sunday, September 24th at 6.30 down at the Mutart Theater in the Stanley Milner Library. Now, Jason, you certainly draw focused the lake. Visually, it almost feels like it's another character. Was that your intention, would you say? Yeah, no, absolutely. In a lot of my past movies, like especially my last one, it was still a small budget, but we tried to do a lot with a little. We built sets out here in Vancouver in warehouses and stuff, and we tried to do so much with a small budget, and I found it lacked in the final product. And that's the problem sometimes with indie filmmaking is you cannot, without money, make it look the way it is. And the audience is expecting you to compete with multi-million dollar movies. That's what the people don't usually understand about smaller movies like under million dollars plus late confessions as well under that you have to try and make it look as good as you can for as little as you can and still have great storyline and things that are happening but that all costs money and time and talented people so what i wanted to do with this one i wrote something very contained with four people there's only four characters in the movie some voice actors but other than that it's just four characters and it's outdoors it's camping right so we wanted to use Mother Nature as our production designer and help make the beauty of nature because you cannot beat that look, right? So as long as you shoot it properly, it's going to enhance your production value leaps and bounds. Of course, we did have a production designer. I shouldn't say we didn't. We had Nevin Burkholder. He's an amazing production designer who took care of all of the stuff that had to do with wardrobe and the actual camping site and everything that had to go along with that. As far as the visuals outside, you cannot beat, in my mind, nature so we went up to a lake up near Pemberton, up in northern BC. Yeah, it was just absolutely gorgeous. And we lucked out because last year we were there for three weeks and it rained one day for a few hours. And the rest of the time it was sunshine and clear. The day we were rolling out of there, we had our little wrap party out in the bush. And then we set up and we were rolling out and the smoke from the forest fires rolled in the day that we left. And it would have really hurt. It would have ruined the film because continuity would have been impossible. Also, we'd have to like speak to why there's so much smoke in the air. And that's troubling just moving forward in general in the summer filming in BC or Alberta because there is so much smoke happening. So 
Hopefully we can get that under control, but it's another story altogether. That's a new challenge that we're all facing from a human perspective. You explored the campfire scenario. I think you did a great job pulling the audience in and making them feel like they were a part of this circle of friends. Were you excited to build this sequence? And were there any challenges around building a scene around a fire or? Oh, absolutely. That was one of the biggest challenges in the entire movie. First thing is like, you think it, it's simple to film outside, but what I learned, so you're dealing now with mosquitoes. I've never seen mosquitoes like that. Everybody cast and crew are just covered in bites. The heat during the day was just unbelievable, which was good and bad. And the water was really cold. So it's like we had sequences where they were in the water the whole time, our actors and trying not to get hypothermia, even though it's like 30 degrees. As far as the campfire goes, you're not allowed to have campfires anymore in BC and especially not for a movie. So we had to jump through a ton of hoops to even have a fire on the beach because now they're illegal up where we were. And you're not allowed to have them over like 10 centimeters high <laughs> or 15 centimeters high, which is ridiculous. So we had a gas powered one that we made look real. And that's pretty much how most movies do it. And then we added sparks and stuff like that in post, but that's movie magic. That's spoilers, but it definitely was a challenge because the reason they don't use real fires, obviously in movies is because of the sound, the noise you want, you want good audio. You also have to control the environment as much as you can. So we had a couple of times where the fire marshal came out and checked on us. It was good that we had permits because if you didn't, we would have been shut down for sure. So it's a super huge challenge. Anybody who's going to do it, make sure you know ahead of time, prepare for everything and get those permits because you don't want to get shut down in the middle of the night, which we almost did. Those certainly are challenges. This isn't the first time you've worked with this group of actors, and I was curious how maybe you connected with them and why you felt it was important to bring them back into this next film. Yeah, I enjoy working with people I enjoy working with again and again because you find the ones that you love working with and because they're all super talented. Also, if you're doing a smaller budget indie thing, you have to have people who are willing to, for lack of a better word, rough it. You can't have Madonnas who are expecting their trailer and their green M&Ms and all that stuff because it's just not going to happen on an indie film. So everybody's got to go into it with open eyes because it's super challenging. And we were roughing it for the most part. We did have a couple cabins that a friend of mine was so gracious to let us film near their site at the lake there. So we did have a home base. It was a lot like camping. We didn't have enough room in the two small cabins for even half the crew. So half the crew had to camp and that's not normal for any kind of union film they're putting you up in hotels they have trailers for all the cast they have everything that was part of what made it great as well because it was like you were a family up there making a movie and that's how i feel with these actors i worked with daily nelson the big tall guy ray and Jerome Belinsky, who plays the main character, JD, I worked with them on my first feature, The Evil in Us. They both had very small parts in that film, but they were so cool. I enjoyed working with them so much that I continued to put them into stuff as we went along. And then when I wrote this film with them in mind, and then Christopher Gerard and Kamitza Wilshire were both in my last movie, Funhouse. And again, I wrote Lost Lake Confessions with them in mind for their characters. So it was really nice. Because they're just a delight to work with and amazingly talented. Acting is very difficult and becoming like well-known actor is very, very difficult. It requires a lot of luck, a lot of timing. You got to have talent. But all four of these actors could easily be Hollywood stars tomorrow. They just need a bigger 
platform. And I'm, I'm convinced they probably will one day to continue because they have that right attitude. And that's why I know that I'll work again with them in the future. Same goes with the crew. They were such an amazing crew and everybody worked well together. There was super challenges, but there's always going to be some situations where people butt heads because you're out in the bush for three weeks and there's a lot of egos on film sets, as I'm sure you know. But at the end of the day, it was just a great environment and we had a blast. It was amazing. I never left for three weeks. So it was like I just camped for three weeks and made a movie. It was wonderful. It's one of my favorite things to do with camping. That's kind of what the movie is about. It's interesting how the picnic table connects this group to their past and to the future. Connection is something that you focused on in the film. Why do you think connection is so important to us? I had a very good childhood as far as family. My parents and my brother, we lost my father back in 2014. It was actually right before I shot my first movie, like right before. And I was kind of almost on the verge of quitting the movie because I was pretty distraught. And then I knew he wouldn't want me to do that. So I basically just pushed it through and it was actually a great healing experience. So the connection I have, I guess, with my father is also in this movie a lot, as I'm sure you saw, but I just had a really good family. My brother, we come out to the film and unfortunately my mother's is going to be out on a trip out east, which she had planned long before this festival came up. So I told her to definitely keep her plans and there'll be more festivals she can come to out here in Vancouver. It's all good. As well, my friends, we had a very tight unit and I don't see them very often. But when I do, it's like nothing changes, right? Some of them I haven't seen in a decade. I'll see next week and I guarantee you it will just feel like last month. It's hard to make those friends when you get older. At least it has been for me. Like I've made some amazing friends out here in Vancouver. Don't get me wrong. And lifelong friends. But there's something about, I think this is a direct quote. There's something about the ones you grew up with. That's what it's all about. So if audiences were to come see the show... What would you want them to take away? Well, first and foremost, I want them to be entertained because I hope that it has a lot of entertainment value and there's some real light-hearted moments and some fun. Obviously, I want to tug at the heartstrings a bit as well. I think there's some honest moments in there, vulnerability and emotion that every human has. And I think a lot of people hopefully will relate to that with things that have happened in their lives. And I guess what I want to take away is just appreciation of your friends and your family if you have those tight connections because it's fleeting and it could be gone tomorrow for whatever reason. And it happens every single day. People get these diagnoses or get into accidents or something happens where it's all taken away. And I know that they obviously wish because when I heard the words cancer for the first time, regardless of who you are, that's going to really just drop onto your knees there for a second because it's just like you never expect it, right? Especially when you're young. I've dealt with a lot of that in my life people younger than me succumbing to cancer and it happens all the time. I know people right now, they're going through it. It's just a constant. And I think appreciation for your life and for those people in your life that are close to you. That's what I think is the most important thing I'd like people to take away. Amazing. And one more reason to come support this film. He's an Edmontonian, which is awesome. So support your people. Thanks for joining us on Moving Radio. Jason William Lee is the director, writer, and producer of Lost Lake Confessions. He'll be at the Edmonton International Film Festival on Sunday, September 24th at 6.30 p.m. down at the Mutard Theater in the Stanley Milner Library. You're listening to CGSR 88.5, the farthest left on the dial. I'm Lucas Anders, your correspondent for Moving Radio. care about you and you're my best friend. You always will be. And we've got you no matter what. And I'll be fine.
something about the ones you grew up with, you know? It's a different kind of magic. Have you ever had a perfect moment? A time in your life when everything just felt right? Absolutely immaculate. Maybe a long time ago. Home is... It's a feeling. I never knew that before. There's four stages in this group. That's how it works. You guys will never know the impact that you've had on me. On my life.